You're going to turn me down too. <laughs> Don't listen. I just told him right there, uh, you get me out of the way, Lord. I want this to be his service. But you ever pray? Uh, Lord, I don't know what I need. I just know I need it. I don't even know what I need. I just know I need it. Last night, I woke myself up in the middle of the night. Uh, you ever been dry mouthed and maybe have a nightstand and you keep a little cup of water there to, just in case to wet your throat? Well, we don't have a nightstand, so I have to wake myself up, get out of bed, go into the kitchen and fill myself a cup of water. It might be the best drink of water I've ever had. When you wake up in the middle of the night and you're dry mouth to the to to no end and to have that first sip of water and go, man, now I can rest, now I can breathe, now I can lay back down and get myself some sleep. It's good. And can I tell you, uh, in, a, in a day and age we're living in, we need right now a cool drink of water that comes from the hand of Jesus Christ. In the middle of the night. <laughs> To say, I need, a hand. I need a drink, Lord, and he'll give it to us. Isaiah chapter 43. I scribbled this on my paper, and I want you to be aware of this. I, I had it in, in my section. I would consider the invitation. And sure enough, Lord's telling me to say it right now. So maybe someone just needs to come pray, and we can just get to business right now. That would be a whole lot better for me. But uh, the Lord said this. You only have as much freedom as you allow. Let me say that again. I'll say it a little slower so you can get a hold of that. You only have as much freedom as you allow. I'm not talking about freedom as far as being an American. I'm talking about being a Christian. I'm talking about why you're here this morning. I'm saying you only have as much freedom as you allow. Now, freedom's a scary thing. Freedom is anarchy with direction. <laughs> you know, that's what freedom is. When God can lead, and I'm saying if you've got a testimony, there's no way you're going to give it if you don't let the Lord have complete freedom this morning. If you've got a song to sing, you've got a reason to pray, you've got anything. I'm telling you, it's only going to be as much freedom as you allow. So I want you to be free this morning because that's where we're going to be. Isaiah chapter 43, we're going to be starting at the 18th verse. But let's go to prayer. Dear me, Father, we thank you. Ah, uh, man, I thank you for a spirit that we can feel. I know we are not saved by feelings, but God, it's good to know that we can feel you. And we appreciate that this morning. Thank you so much uh, for the service thus far, for the devotion, for the leading of the congregational singing, for Corey and Lindsay. Uh, man, I just, uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Father, good to see the ones that have came out. I'm thankful that you're recovering that which the devil tried to steal, but does not have authority to steal it outside of you giving permission to him to steal it. And Father, I don't believe you've done that. So Father, we just ask you to help us to teach, preach your word this morning. Let us dive in that we may have an unction of the Holy Spirit that we can get some business done this morning. Father, if there's someone discouraged, encourage them. Father, someone who's lost and dying and going to hell. Father, let today be the day. Let the morning, let this hour be the hour in which they receive salvation. Father, if there's a someone in backslidden condition, Father, uh, let them uh, to know that your arms are still wide open and they can run back into the fold. We love you, we thank you, we praise you. In your son's precious name we pray, and amen. Isaiah 43, starting at the 18th verse. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it, will spring, it shall spring forth. I love that. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Remember that for a moment. A way in the wilderness. We'll get to that later on. The beast of the field shall honor me. The dragons and the owls because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink for my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall shew forth my praise. 
But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. But thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings. Neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve me with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast bought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, and he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake. And will not remember thy sins. I want to get in your minds this morning this issue that so many people have. Not just Christians but unsaved people as well. That they cannot truly submit their lives to the, their, to the Lord. Because this thought continues to be repeated. And I'm in a good place spiritually. And over and over the devil and my own flesh and my history keeps on coming back up. And, and I keep on having this thought that maybe God can't actually do that which he promised to do. That for some reason he's going to take me so far and then he's going to leave me. And we see that, that what he says in Isaiah chapter 43, he said, forget about the past, forget about everything of things of old. He said, I am he, and he begins to talk about this new thing in which he'll do, this, this thing that is different than anything else. Folks, I know we've been let down. I know our hearts have been broken. I know broke promises have not been kept. But God will do that which he promised to do. He cannot, and it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, he cannot make a mistake. That's why Romans 8.28 says what it does. That all things work together for good. He cannot make a mistake. I promise you, if he says that we are free from sin, then I believe we're free from sin. If he says he's gone to prepare a place for me in heaven, then I believe that he'll do that. But for some reason, we are so stuck in our past we are so stuck in this thought that maybe God isn't going to be the good God that we've, been, we've heard about all these years. And I'm telling you, folks, he is indeed that good and even better. Amen. Amen. But do we not believe? We believe when we've accepted Jesus Christ that the penalty of sin was paid. We have no problem believing that. But when it comes to our daily life or issues of life, handling temptations and, and our sinful nature in this life, sometimes we say, well, he can't do that. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 50, uh, 15 and 55, he says, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? And then it says this, the, the sting of death is sin. Well, it has no sting. And that's what he says in verse 57. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want victory now. I want God to do what he promised to do now. And I believe he can. But so often we are so stuck in this thought that we cannot actually be truly free. That God can't actually allow us to possess a lifestyle of holiness. Father, we don't preach that anymore. But a lifestyle of holiness. You know, it said in January 1st, 1863, when Abraham Lincoln finally uh, gave out the proclamation of emancipation. Emancipation proclamation, sorry. That, that says that all slaves are now free. That when it went out, that many slaves 
still stayed. Many slaves, slaves actually died in a slave condition because they had not received the word that Abraham Lincoln had issued this decree, this proclamation that you're indeed free. And the devil wants you to know that this morning. He wants you to think that, that you're not actually free. But folks, a proclamation was given in God's word when Jesus Christ said three words. It is finished. I am free from sin and he did that for me. But we got to get out of this rut. We got to get out of this thought that God's going to take us so far and just leave us there. That all the things we've walked away from that we're just a day away from falling back into. Him, that's not my God. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. We know the story. Moses is sent by God to liberate the people of Israel from bondage. And when I mean bondage, I'm not talking about a day job. I'm talking about being whipped and beaten and a quota that you cannot meet day in and day out. But I want to show you the condition of man. This is how comfortable we have gotten in our formal life. This is how comfortable we have gotten in sin. It says in verse 5, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against his people and they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us as if they had a choice? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pilaroth before Belzephron. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore, thou hast dealt with thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. And look what it, verse 13 says. And folks, I know I've been there before and you might be there this morning. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying, let us alone? I've seen enough cop movies and enough detective movies that when you only have a, when someone's captured and they're hidden in that, in that warehouse and, and the cops show up or, or the detective or the superhero shows up and they only got a limited amount of time. Hurry, hurry before they, before they find us. We got to get out of here. Undo the handcuffs so we can get out. And we got to make a run for it. And yet we see here that the children of Israel literally as they're complaining to Moses said, did we not tell you this back in Egypt? Let us alone. Folks, imagine with me for a second. Someone ignorant enough, stupid enough, unknowing of what God's plan was enough that as Moses said, God has sent me to get you out of Egypt, not only to get you out of Egypt so that you may possess a place that is flowing with milk and honey and for them to reply, that's okay, I'd rather stay here. 
Moses, I appreciate what you're doing, but leave me alone. I've had people. Delbert and myself have had people. Literally fixing to die without Jesus Christ. And the shackles could be lifted in a moment of prayer. And yet they say, thank you, but no thank you. And you might be sitting here this morning. Jesus Christ wants to liberate you from the situation in your life. And you might say, you know what? I'm more comfortable here than I am out there. Help us. Let us alone. Let us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. So while in Egypt there were certain people that couldn't, and then Moses continues to encourage him in verse 13. He says, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you this day. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. That was a promise of God. And when Jesus Christ defeated the sin in my life, if there's any reason for sin to come back in my life, it ain't Jesus Christ's fault, it's mine. For some reason, I just like to go back to Egypt and just look around a little bit. When he says, get out of there, take everything with you, and never come back. Now turn with me to Numbers 14 because it gets worse. Because folks, I want to just say this for a second. It's not just about leaving Egypt. It's one thing to be free from bondage of sin. But it's a whole other thing to possess Canaan. So you understand it has to be the whole story. It wasn't just the liberation from bondage, but the receiving of a promise of the fulfillment of the promise of God. And so many people, so many Christians have left Egypt, but not yet received Canaan. Not yet truly possessed that which Jesus Christ is calling us to possess. Numbers chapter 14 Starting at the beginning of the chapter. They're now wandering in the wilderness. We'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, look at this folks. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Folks, why is it we are so comfortable in failure? We are so comfortable in failure that for whatever reason, and I can't help but to think right now, thank you, Lord, of Peter walking on the water. That he, he, he says, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come unto you and I'll come. Jesus says one word, come. No other, no other reservation, just come. If you want to be where I'm at, walk where you're at. And he steps out of the boat and he walks on the water and it says that he starts to walk on the water. Which is a miracle that no man could do save Jesus Christ himself. 
And sure enough, he takes his eyes off the Lord. We know the story. Begins to see the, the waves and the wind and how boisterous they are. And he begins to seek and, uh, sink and he begins to cry out to Jesus, save me. And it says immediately his hand reached up. But then he takes him to the boat and he says, oh, the of little faith. Why did you doubt? Not only do I did you doubt Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ, I don't know if you know this or not, but he was walking just fine on the waves. He didn't have any issue. But why did you think you can't do it? <clears throat> Peter was so comfortable in failure that he couldn't even do that which Jesus Christ called him to do. Children of Israel were so focused on, uh, so focused on already being let down that they would not even allow God to take them into the, just days away. We know the story. They, they traveled 40 years in the wilderness in a journey that supposedly would have taken 11 days, they said. Would have taken 11 days. You say to yourself, what were they doing? Going in circles? Folks, there's Christians this morning that are just walking in circles. We make it about location. We make it about, well, if I take these steps, then maybe God can finally give me what I, want, I need. Maybe handle this sin in my life. Maybe handle this issue in my life. But folks, when it comes to Jesus Christ, it's not about location. You're just going to be wanted in circles. But finally, when you just say, you know what, I'm going to submit to your authority. I'm going to believe that you're going to do exactly what you said you're going to do. You're going to make a way in the wilderness. You're going to make waters in the desert. You're going to spring forth something new, and you won't let me down. But let us make a captain. I wrote in my notes for a second. Say Canaan isn't just about heaven. We know in Luke 17, the Pharisees came to Christ looking for the kingdom of heaven and what it would what it would look like. And Jesus replies that the kingdom of God cometh not by observation. It's not something that man can see. Once again, Paul says we walk by faith and not by sight. But then Jesus says this, and it just Punches you right in the gut. Neither shall I say, shall they say, lo here and lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Folks, eternal life does not start when you die. I hate to break it to you. As Lisa so loves me to say, this is not an evacuation plan. I have eternal life the moment I accepted Jesus Christ. He has given me the keys. He has said, you can possess that which I want you to possess Right now, and it will carry us up because once again, we're going to go from this life to the next life, either in the blink of an eye or when one trumpet's blast. I mean, we're getting out of here. But for right now, let's say Canaan's a little bit more than just heaven. Maybe Canaan is that true promised land of re true recovery, true redemption, true expectation that is met. You know, Egypt is nothing but failure and failed expectations and quota that you can't meet. But for some reason, we just truly believe, while we don't truly believe, that God can actually take us from there to there. And I believe He can. You know, when it comes to addiction, folks, let me just say this. You may say, oh, I'm not addicted to drugs. I, I don't have an alcohol problem. You know, I don't have a pornography problem. But folks, I believe every single individual in here, including me, have things we need to lay down at the feet of Jesus. Things we are addicted to. Pride. Envy. Religion. Tradition. 
Things that need to be broken. Things that will keep us back in Egypt. But for a second, you know, it says everybody that struggles with addiction, we talk about the relapse. And I don't care who you are. I've read studies in my psychology classes that people that will that have addiction to pornography, they'll go months and months and months. And then they'll slip one day. Or you'll have a drug addict that'll go months and months or six months clean. They'll have all the coins that they can get from NA or AA. And then after a while, sure enough, they'll just relapse one day. And instead of saying, oh, it was one failure, it was one mistake, I'm going to pick myself back up. I'm gonna. I'm just going to turn this over to God and repent and say, God, I'm sorry. Yes, I made a mistake, but I'm going to pick up. I'm not going to let the devil get any more ground. But what happens, and, and it's proven that they relapse once and they binge. They just stay in that lifestyle because what happens is that expectation of failure, that which they were known so long, they've known so long they're more comfortable in that. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can truly free us from any of that. Truly free us from any of that. Because they think that's, <laughs> that's what the children of Israel thought. You brought me all this way, and now you're just going to leave me here. Now you're just going to leave me here. But I want to tell you what it says, continuing on in Numbers 14. It says this, it says... Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jeshanun, which were of them to search the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into that land and give it to us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But the congregation bathed stone with them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation. Before all the children of Israel. And the God begins to have his say. And God says to Moses, how long will the people provoke me? Folks, how long will we provoke the Lord? How long will we continue to compare him to the expectation in this world? Folks, what he offers us is something absolutely different than anything this world can afford. When he says he can truly set you free, I'm telling you, he can truly set you free. You can look at all the reasons you don't want to. You can look at all the reasons just like the children of Israel. All the enemies that inhabited the land. How they've gotten so far and wandered so far off. Forget about it. God is saying to you this morning, how long will you provoke me? And how long will they err to believe me? Folks, just for one moment, can we just agree that maybe Jesus Christ can do it? That maybe he truly can not only take us out of Egypt, but allow us to possess the promised yeah. land. Amen. So let's scroll down a little bit. I want to finish with this. As I said it, as I opened, you only have as much freedom as you allow. If you are holding back from Jesus Christ this morning, then you cannot blame him for not allowing to take you out of bondage in which that area of your life had a hold of. 
So look at verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering. Thank God He is. And of great mercy. Forgiving iniquity and transgression. And by no means clearing the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of the people according unto the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven thy people from Egypt even unto now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory... And my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have now tempted me these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Jesus Christ is saying this morning, if you really want the glory of the Lord to show up in this place, then it's going to take a, a people that are willing to be happy not being in Egypt anymore. And are willing, uh, going to take a people that are willing to inhabit that which Jesus Christ has said is theirs. He said, I'm telling you, the whole earth is going to be filled with my glory. But I'll tell you why. Because everybody that provoked me, everybody that didn't believe me, everybody that saw every miracle. Because I'm telling you, Jesus Christ has done a work in your life. And you know it. And he knows it. And yet you've accepted those miracles and signs. And yet you won't allow Jesus Christ to do that which he wants to do yet in your life. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto the fathers, neither shall they, uh, any of them that provoke me see it. But look what his word says in verse 24. I'm going to ask long leaders. Corey, Lindsay, you got anything? Come on up. You guys get ready. Let's give an invitation here this morning. Look at verse 24 with me. We're going to, just, we're going to give an invitation. I want, I want someone to move. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is so focused on your life. You can say this message is for everybody else. You can say that oh, I know I got issues, but this message is someone else. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ has dialed in to you. Not only you that might be discouraged, you that are that are just thinking that he's left you out here, that you're suffering through a storm or a trial. But he says this in verse 24. But my servant Caleb. What you understand about the name Caleb? In the Hebrew, it's two words. Cole and Lev, which means all and heart. So in Hebrew, Caleb means all of your heart. That's what Caleb means. And he says, but my servant, my servant with all his heart, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. He saw the, the murmuring and the complaining. And then he saw Caleb. And he said, now there is a servant that has another spirit with him. And he had already examined the, the, the land. He had already seen the grapes that which two men had to carry. He had seen men, uh, giants in which men were just grasshoppers. He had seen it all and still came back and said, it's ours if we want to take it. But my servant Caleb, which he had another spirit with him. And had followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land. Whereinto he went. And his seed shall possess it. Caleb was a guy. Who said I just want to. I just want to go in. I don't care what's in there. I don't care who possesses it. 
I just want that which God has promised me. Everyone else said, let's go back to Egypt. It's better there. We're wandering here. God's left us. There's no way he'll do it. There's no way we can defeat all those enemies. And Caleb had a different spirit with him. A spirit that said, I'm going to give my full heart. Folks, there's no turning back. Amen. No turning back. Right, Jesus Christ will not leave you. He will not leave you. He will go with you all the way. I know you may not see it. And you might be in the desert today. And you might be thirsty. Or you might be wandering in the wilderness. Please do not allow the spirit of failed expectation come this morning to say, God, I just don't feel like you're with me anymore. I don't think I'm suffering from this. I'm dealing with this. Uh, You've just left me out here to deal with my own. Why would you take me from here to not allow me to possess there? Folks, I'm telling you, you just got to hang on. You just got to hang on. But I want to be a spirit like Caleb this morning. I want one that would give my whole heart to say, you know what? I'm going to be following you fully. Folks, as they sing, if you've got a situation in your life right now, I want to read that verse in Isaiah and we're going to pray as they come and sing. Remember ye not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Folks, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, you're no longer that person. You may have the scars that bear the the oppression, but you're not that person anymore. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? The issue has never been if Jesus Christ is going to do a new thing. Folks, he's in the business of doing new things. The problem is, are you going to know it? Are you going to know it this morning? I will even make a way in the wilderness... And rivers in the desert. As they sing, listen folks, you will only have as much freedom as you allow.